0: My friends can beat up your friends. Zeb Wells, Joe Magaria, Avenging Spider-Man, number one, new ongoing series, November 2011.
1: Marvel, trademark 2011, Marvel Characters Incorporated, all rights reserved. Welcome dear listener to our podcast Jeff and Rick present unpacking the power of power pack where
0: we journey through each issue of comics that include a member of the most underrated Marvel series from the 80s while
1: drinking beer analyzing awesome and amazing adjacent adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol I am Jeff and I according to my driver's license am still Rick. There's a random banter in the sky,
0: he'd like to come and meet us, but he thinks he'd blow our minds. There's a random banter in the sky, he's told us not to blow it, cause he knows it's all worthwhile. He told me, random banter time, buddy. Talk to me, tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia
1: today. I know this. I know this is from somewhere. Oh, it's David Bowie. Correct. Boy, I know it's David Bowie. I can hear David Bowie singing it. I just can't think of the name of it now. (laughs) There's a star man waiting in the sky. Yeah, because we have got X-23, Sue, and Spidey meeting a star man. What the heck? Correct. Uh Uh-huh. You got it. That's about all I really know about this comic book, besides the fact that there are superheroes in this here comic book. But we will get to that Mm -hmm. in a bit. Right now, I would like to talk to you about another comic book, if I may, sir. Please do. What is it? What is it? I'm holding in my hands a new hardback book from a friend of the show, Jeremy Whiteley. His new book, The Dog Knight, that just came out... I just got it in from our good friends at Amazon. Yes, I pre-ordered this and it just came in. It's a very nice. It is a, a you know, smaller book, a little mm-hmm. graphic novel, hardback. I'm only a little way through it because I got it yesterday and I started reading it last night. It is very adorable. It is <laughs> just everything you want it to be. It's Jeremy Whitley hitting on all cylinders. The art is done by Brie Indigo and the colors by Melissa Caprigliano. And I apologize for the names, but this is a great all ages book. It deals with a young person who starts talking to dogs and that's all I'm going to tell you, (laughs) but they become the dog knight, and it's a really good story. I want to get through it. I want to have my daughter read it. I know she'll love it. This is kind Mm -hmm. of up her alley too, but it's one of those good books that makes you get some good feels and Ask some important questions and it deals with that awkward age at middle school that we all know all too Uh, well.
0: (laughs) I was talking to a bus driver about that and she was telling me she has an 11 hour route and uh, does grade school, middle school and high school. And she was saying, yeah, middle school is a little rough. I'm like, I liked school. I did not like middle school, but I (laughs) liked school. So, yeah, middle school is uh, it's a tough time.
1: Middle school is a tough time. We hear about it every day from my daughter. She's just mm. – she's swimming in the tide of it. Oh, oh, me, oh, my, oh, my. Boy, oh, boy. But she is trying to keep her head firmly above the water and try to play that magical – of all magical places in middle school – the neutral zone. She doesn't want to be part of that click or that click mm-hmm. or that click. So her and her two friends, they are in the neutral click. <laughs> <laughs> and they are just fine. They don't want the drama, mama.
0: That's good. That's really good.
1: I got this book. I'm enjoying it. Highly, highly recommend it. Once again, this is called The Dog Knight by Jeremy Whitley, friend of the show, power pack writer. In fact, he just got finished doing a unlimited, I think it's called Love with Gwenpool, you can find it on Marvel Unlimited, And it's got Gwen Poole falling in love with different people. And she falls in love with Julie Power. Yeah. And we will go ahead and cover that in about four more years.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Don't call us timely.
1: We are not that at all. (laughs) Hey, we will get there. We got a lot of content to get through before here and there. So that is what I got going on. What do you got going on?
0: Well, earlier was going to be a very timely segue when you were talking about your daughter in middle school and her keeping her head afloat and trying to keep her head above. Of water and swimming and blah 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 because I was going to segue that into my daughter taking swimming lessons which is really cool and I've had to miss a couple of those because of other things going on but uh, yesterday I was super excited I'm like I'm home I'm going to go to the swimming lesson this is going to be awesome I get to watch her learn to swim this is going to be f- super cool super excited about it pre-packed you know got the bag all packed up for everything to go you know sh- she's pre-dressed i got a bag of uh, after swim lesson stuff towels and clothes all that good stuff and then so all right stuff's going on we get in the car we go da da da, get over there and i'm like hey hillary where's the bag and she goes i don't have it i'm like ah. all right take her into swimming i'll see you as soon as i can so then i had to turn around and drive back home in the bad traffic and i'm like so by the time i got home Walked in, said, "Yep, that's where I left the bag." Grabbed it. Come back out. Get to the swimming lesson. I'm like, "Oh, sweet! I'm gonna see just the last couple of minutes of swim lesson." Cool. There, there's more
1: than one swim lesson, right?
0: Well, I know, but I've been I've been missing them because I said were you no know, prior things going on. But it was just like I was excited because I was going to be able to see her do this one. So does uh,
1: does, does Hillary own a, a cell phone which can like
0: videotape it? Yeah, but I'm not going to watch the video. Come on, let's just face that. Dude, you spend
1: all day long watching YouTube.
0: No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Here's just a parent pro tip. If you are smart and pre-pack a bag and place it in a spot to make sure that it goes out the door with you, make sure you check that spot and grab that bag because otherwise it's just going to waste your time driving all over the place. So been having a handful of those.
1: That's not just a parenting pro tip, my friend. That is an just adulting. Just a life tip. That's an adulting. Yeah. If, be if, an adult.
0: Yeah. Don't yeah. be like me. Be an adult. Bring the stuff you're supposed to bring with you when you're going, Philly.
1: If you notice stuff around my house, there is a place for everything and everything in its place. And I tend – because I know I will forget something. And so mm-hmm. I put things in places so I don't. Went on a road trip recently with my friend. And mm-hmm. when I go to hotels, I take stuff out of my pocket, put in one spot. Like just, I I don't scatter things about because I know that yep. when I'm ready to go – Yeah, you'll miss them. Go. First place we are at, like got everything in. Going down the road, the hotel calls my friend and he has a conversation with him. He hangs up and goes, I left my shirt there. And I'm just looking at him like how'd you leave a shirt?
0: <laughs> yeah, how do you leave a shirt? That's, did you guys go back for it, or did you just go, well, that's the price of traveling? <laughs> no,
1: I looked at him, and he already said, you can just donate it, and I'm like, yeah, you can, because <laughs> <laughs> this is about th- two or three hours down the road here, oh, my friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, ain't, that is not on us going back. It is a t-shirt. It is not worth that time.
0: No, it is not.
1: Okay, speaking of time, we have wasted a lot of it, and I'd like to get into actually talking about this comic book, so, Jeff, Jeffy, 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 give us a two-sentence replay of the last episode, if you would please. Laura Kinney,
0: a.k.a. X-23, a.k.a. Wolverine, is a totally voluntary, not coerced nor forced against her will, guest at the Baxter Building, where Father of the Year Reed Richards is trying to figure out her visions and why a machine she has on her is causing city-block-sized destructive earthquakes. It turns out that the earthquakes are being powered by the latent energy residing in former hosts of the cosmic entity known as the Enigma Force. And... X-23, Spider-Man, and Sue Richards are all former Captain Universes. Now that the, after this discovery, Val fidgeted some widgets and sent the three of them to an unidentified, dangerous-to-them location, two-sentence replay is over, why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our Power Pack pick is?
1: My pleasure, my friend. I'd like you to check out the beer I got for you this time. And I would also like to apologize because I really think that the beer we had last time would have fit better with this episode, and mm. this beer would have fit better with the last episode. Oh, I probably should have switched those two around, but it still can work. We'll figure can it can still out. work. I'm but sure it works. So check it out and let me know what you think. It is. For Hyrule, Level
0: Beer, Skyward Strike, Hazy Pale Ale. That's fun. That's a nice gold can with red old school arcade writing. And it's got a nice little silver shield with a heart. And a hop pine cone and some chemistry bottle and stuff. And yeah, that's great. That's uh, for Hyrule. I wonder if this is a little Zelda thing.
1: If it's a little Zelda thing, this entire can screams out Legend of Zelda. It's the old yes, gold casing that the Nintendo mm-hmm. Legend of Zelda thing came in. It's the Legend of Zelda shield of arms just with some hops and stuff. And Skyward Strike, yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of was thinking Skyward Strike, Ground Strike, Earthquake kind of thing. Skyward Strike
0: because yep. it, it is... The Them striking Skyward to talk to the Enigma Force and fighting (laughs) an evil Ganon-esque demon king. And there's things to tie in. Also, really used a shield in this comic. They really, really needed a shield. They could have needed a shield,
1: too. Yes, yes, yes. So, yes, I, I still managed to tie it together, which is all we care about here. But this... Skyward Strike by Level Brewing, 5.9% ABV, light, juicy, seasonable, notes of tropical fruit and coconut.
0: And a big foamy head on it when you pour it.
1: Well, yes.
0: Yeah, it smells like a ha- hazy IPA. Oh, and on the can, I just noticed on the back, it's got cool little uh, master swords, not in blue, but in red. That's cute. That's neat. <laughs> Yeah, it smells like a hoppy IPA. It's got that kind of juniper notes and, uh, yeah, citrusy kind of juniper notes. So that smells really, really nice. And it's nice and hazy. It's that standard... It's a hazy IPA for every appearance that you can have of it. It's that nice golden amber color that you can kind of see light you can see light through it and kinda see through it. But yeah, pretty nice looking. Smells
1: real decent and taste. It's pretty good. It's an IPA, but it's not mm-hmm. smacking you in the head with an IPA. It doesn't have yeah, the that's... real harsh hop taste. Tropical fruit, coconut, mm-hmm. light juicy. Yeah, Mm. this is is a good
0: beer for a hot day like today because it's like 96 or something. So yeah,
1: (laughs) is that how hot it is outside? I've been inside in air conditioning in my basement all day and everybody hates me for it. So I am sorry. (laughs) No, this is a very nice beer. This is enjoyable. It's nice to have a perfect hazy IPA for hot day like we're having, even though we (laughs) are in a cool house right now. Let's quit talking about beers and let's talk about a random letter from the alphabet and a couple of numbers, shall we? Jeff. Opening credits. X-23, Volume
0: 3, Issue Number 15, December 2011. Chaos Theory, Part 3. Writer, Majri Liu. Penciler, Phil Noto. Inker, Phil Noto. Colorist, John Roch. Letterer, Corey Petit. Editor,
1: Jody Layhup. Janine Schaefer, Nick Lowe. Featuring Laura, aka X-23, and guest-starring... Mr. Fantastic, The Invisible Woman, The Thing, Spider-Man, Val Richards, Franklin Richards, Tong, and Alex Power! Hey, Rick.
0: Have you ever had one of those times where you enter a room or a location and you realize that you just do not belong there?
1: Mm, No. No, no. I can't say I have. Never. Wait, what? Really? Yeah. Like I said, never. I show up and I belong in that room. That room is mine.
0: Wait, what about that time we were drunk with our friend at that soaking pool, and you went out to get more drinks, and you got lost, you left the property, and entered a church with a funeral
1: going on in your swim shorts and a robe? And I owned that scene. Don't tell me I can't make an entrance or an exit after everyone except me at that memorial started acting real awkward. (laughs) Okay, Rick. So
0: in any case, back to the issue. So Peter, Sue, and Laura are not you. But they are in about the same situation. But they're in their fighting clothes. And they have
1: appeared on an alien world and there is an army chilling around campfires. The beings that are part of the army can smell the light or starlight of these three. And they do not like it. Do not like it, Sam-I-Am. So they hurl a plethora of spears at the trio.
0: Oh, please, says Sue Storm, the bestest of the FF.
1: Yeah, she can just whip up a force field to stop these projectiles.
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes, she can.
1: Any moment now.
0: Oh, she's just waiting for dramatic effect, I'm sure.
1: We are counting on you, Sue. Huh! Hey!
0: Check out how these spears have pierced and pinned the bodies of our heroes right to the ground!
1: Yeah, it seems that something is not working. And even though Laura tried to push Sue out of the way and cover her body with her own, Sue is, well, dead.
0: And the alien army has sent up their chopper guys to finish up with the killing. And food processing, what with the heroes being pinned to the ground and helpless and all. Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys! Well, next week, we'll be covering The Month of Mourning, Volume 2, where Reed and Ben
1: just completely give up. Hang on. Hang on. This is weird, but it looks like there are some other additional pages in this book that I think we should cover. Hmm. That
0: is weird. It looks like the bodies of our heroes have been brought into a dark void. No marks on them, just the memories of a violent and bloody demise. You know, where they got butchered in
1: Eden. Fantastic. It is not like their lives have been peaches and creams up to this point, but now they have a fresh new circle of Dante's Inferno to terrify them.
0: Before that can begin, though, Sue lets Laura know that she appreciated her failed and useless, unsuccessful and pointless, absolutely meaningless attempt to save her life before she died and was chopped up and eaten. You tried, kid. You really, really tried. And that's worth a thumbs up.
1: Okay, enough of that touchy-feely nonsense. We need some exposition nonsense.
0: Done and done. A line of bright dots appear on the floor of the dark abyss and a voice emerges, calling itself the Enigma Force. You see, it has chosen these three as its heroes. Well, isn't that special? You betcha. This force thingy has brought them to nowhere or everywhere. You know, one of those iffy whatever it is places. Oh, it also lets them
1: experience their own deaths with no
0: repercussions.
1: friendly and helpful theory of the universe. It believed that getting a taste of what these world demons will do to Earth will really motivate them to be heroes. Uh,
0: but they were already heroes, Rick.
1: Better heroes. But,
0: but Rick, they are, you know what, Never mind. But why are, are these things called world
1: demons? Because someone else already trademarked death demons. Now the king of this tribe tried to do this a long time ago to this world, but luckily some white dude with a special lightsaber was born into royalty.
0: Oh, that stereotypical type of guy. Let me guess, he rose from the ranks and killed the Demon King, or nearly killed the Demon King, thus averting a disaster until now.
1: So close. He created a microverse for his people to escape to and locked away the demon horde. Oh, but the sword made a monkey's paw deal and, and bound the prince to itself, making, well, this enigma force. Okay,
0: Oh. That took an unexpected twist. So what is its excuse this time? Why
1: not just shove these guys back in a prison of its own devising? Oh, the Enigma Force is a long way away. This is just an elaborate zoom call. (laughs) Great. Laura
0: calls the Force out on this, saying that she thinks that they're alone now. And as the Force teleports out
1: Spidey and Sue, he lets her know that she is different. But is she? My money would be on Sue. I am pretty sure she is not or has not been cloned.
0: No, you see, Laura got this cool glowing tattoo on her hand after she had a dream. And that happens if you dream of hell and have a revelation. I think they say that in a book somewhere.
1: Okay, so she has the power of choice. And she chose freedom. She chose stars. And we're all made of stars. Let's see how that works out for her, Dave. Okay, my pal Hal. We are all back in the
0: Baxter building and the panel is tinted in alarm sirens red, so this must be a bad news thing.
1: The Demon King has shown up, and while Reed and Ben are confused, Peter and Sue are powered up and ready to fight this dumpy-looking middle-aged man with funky glowing symbols on his forehead. Cheers to comics. Creepy old dude feels that these people are weird, says the pot to the kettle, and they have odd powers that taste Odd.
0: Okay. Uh, can we just get to the punchy punchy? Sure, give it a try. Uh, it looks like the FF all do their attack button combo and get knocked back a screen or two. Huh, I guess that means that Laura has to drop her quarter in the machine now. New challenger! Before the action, the two chat. Weird guy wonders why she's immune to his power, and Laura gets all zen. She tells him that he and his kind are killers, and do not belong here on this world.
1: Then she cuts the fool. Slice. Followed by claws through the throat. Ouch. Followed by... Oh, oh, oh! Hey, Rick! Yeah, Jeff. We're not doing a kid's perspective this episode, are we? To be decided, my dude. Huh. Because
0: I'm pretty sure that your daughter would not like this bad guy pulling the flesh off of his face. And then his body. Allowing the dimensional demon to arise out of the mound of gory, melted meat.
1: Not so much. No, uh, that's not really Carrie's jam.
0: Peter comments that it looks like runny pizza.
1: Yeah, gross. And... Kind of true, but that still doesn't turn me off to that delicious, za. Well, Demon Monster Man is
0: done with games. He is ready to activate this device that is in the lab that will reunite him with his underlings,
1: and nothing is going to stop him. Not Laura or Peter, but maybe Val, because she shoots him with a laser thing from across the room. The monster hisses and charges
0: the young girl.
1: Or not... Luckily, Spidey grabs the kid while Laura pins
0: her claws into the beast's torso.
1: Taunting occurs as it claims that she is just a child, and he is a king. He also has momentum on his side, and that takes them through
0: multiple walls and out the side of the Baxter building.
1: Hey, aren't they like hundreds of floors up on a skyscraper?
0: Yes. Yes, they are. And the beast has one trick that Laura does not. He can fade out of this reality, leaving the heroine to fall to her death.
1: Slip slip. Not such a worry when you have a Spider-Man on your team. There is a quick
0: after-action check-in that occurs, making sure that everyone's okay. And this includes a small visit by three members of the Smarty Pants Brigade, including our boy, Alex Power. Hi, Alex! Hi, Alex. They probably were curious as to what blew up this time. Laura explains that they could not stop the home-invading Demon King, and that he wants this device they took from the science lab two issues ago activated.
1: They should destroy it, if it is something that the Demon King wants then.
0: Good idea. But Val thinks that it would be a bad idea. And this is because her eyes are glowing, and she has that weird symbol on her forehead. And the beast inside her wants the device activated and a portal open, or Val dies. To be
1: continued. By us? No! But we are going to talk about the themes of this issue, starting with the Power Pack packaging time. We got ourselves another cover to look at. Are you excited?
0: Mm-hmm. I am always excited to look at a cover. It either gets your
1: appetite at all
0: wetted up for the issue at hand, or it's just super cool looking, or it's a disappointment. It has nothing to do with the issue. So, what do we got here?
1: Well, we've got something drawn by Kalman Adrasovsky. And I still am butchering that name, and I'm sorry about that. But we've got our cover, which is completely filled up. I mean, this is edge to edge, top to bottom. No dead space on it all. The X-23 logo is just hanging in midair there. Laura Kinney is front and center. She's got her chin down. She's got her shoulders kind of up. She doesn't have a guard up. She's got her hands down, which is not really the fighting style you want. But she does have her her front foot forward and her back foot back kind of on her toes. It's a pretty good fighting stance that she's got there. She's really centered. She's ready for a fight. But she's got her claws out, and her arms down. So eh, it's kind of opened herself up for for an attack, whatever attack's coming. And we see that attack in the foreground there as what looks like a fist. It's like red and there's kind of this mm, kind of red laser thing, kind of just... Round yeah, like a the a little wrist.
0: red energy wisp around it. It looks like she's going to be fighting Mephisto. Yeah, it kind of looks <laughs> like exciting. that a little bit.
1: And then around her is just all this rubble and just this destruction. There's like a couple of electrical pops that are happening back there and we've got the FF there. We've got Spider-Man. He's passed out and like Reed Richards his head's kind of in Spidey's armpit and of course he's all spaghettied all over the floor. Franklin's on some rubble and you see Val and Sue. They're kind of all curled up in, in some rubble on the side. and over on the Laura's left side, we've got the thing and he's passed out and then we got a blonde hair. That might be Alex there. I mean, that might be I Alex. I want to say that's
0: Alex, except they might have mistakenly put Johnny Storm in there. I don't know. Could be
1: Bentley. Could, that's a could, kid. Uh, Bentley.
0: Yeah, that is definitely a kid. I'm, let's say that that is Alex. Sure. Even though it doesn't seem quite right, because I don't think that's Alex's costume at all. But and then,
1: yeah, so yeah, I like this.
0: They threw a bunch of blonde kids on the floor and said, sort it out yourselves, <laughs> Marvel readers. Just figure it out on your own.
1: So yeah, I... I kinda like this one though. This is kind of that final fight sequence that we've got. This demon thing that's taken everybody else out. It's him versus Laura. I like this. This is telling you what's gonna be happening in this book. It's not a direct cut from the scene. You know, this didn't really happen like this. We don't have all these characters here. But I like this. This has a a story to tell and something interesting going on. We're keeping our flowers under our our bushel under a basket, or however that phrase goes. We're not showing the villain, we're not showing what's going on here. See a little bit of something really weird, and we see Laura staring it down. I like this. This is fun. It's neat.
0: I also like the fact that it is a kimbo. Laura's kind of standing at an angle, and everything's off base, kind of off kilter. And it's neat because it shows that they're on a back foot. Their things have gone not as they had planned, and they're going to have to kind of improvise now. And it's tilted so that the the big strong red fist is on the upper part of the panel, and that it's all kind of going downhill for the other guys. Mm-hmm. So I think. That I think that's good in a subtle reference of what's happening there, where you're like, oh, they're losing, and you can tell they're they're going downhill. They're not gonna, they're not winning. Yeah. yeah, So it's pretty neat. It's a good, it's a good cover.
1: This unfortunately is it for the storyline. Alex doesn't show up in any more of these books. We aren't going to care about him anymore. We're going to move on to something else. So we aren't going to read about the ending of this. Does that make you sad?
0: I don't know. I'm going to be honest. The uh, storyline didn't overly grab me, and I found this issue to be kind of disjointed. And at the end of the previous issue, they were transported to an alien world. But wait, no, they weren't. They were in their minds, but now they're back in the Baxter building. Demon King's here now, and stuff is happening. It's kind of like, it just sort of had really audible kerklunk moments. And a lot of bits in there where it's like, the characters in here don't seem too worked up about what's going on. And I'm not worked up about it either. I don't think I care too much. So, eh.
1: And it's a little sad because I like the beginning part. I like the first part of the story. It got mm-hmm. weird. It got really yeah. existential and up in its own head once we get into the real cosmic realms. Mm-hmm. Now, we haven't been reading the rest of the book. Maybe the outlier here was the first issue we read. Maybe most of it has been more of this talking head type of bit. So it's just living on its own island with these two stories. There's less of an interest for us to go forward with it. If we're going to spend our money on this book, spend down three bucks in 2011 money, do we want to get the next issue to see what's going on or not? I'm kind of with you on it. It doesn't really grab my attention either. I don't know Mm -hmm. about carrying on too much with storyline. Now, that being said, if I would have been following along with it throughout... I probably would be continuing on. But just from the sample size, it's hard to keep going at this point.
0: Yeah. And that's how a lot of stories can be where you're like, well, of course, I'm going to keep reading it because I've been reading it. I've got the sunk cost fallacy where you're like, I can't stop now. I need to see where the story goes. And it can be hard to kind of stop that little addiction where mm-hmm. you're like, this is a thing I read. I don't want to miss out on what could be good because I want to enjoy this character and stuff. So, but for me, it's like, you were saying, you know, it got kind of weird and everything, which it did. They are dealing with cosmic entities and things like that. So my opinion of Laura Kinney is that she's, I would assume she's more of a grounded character so Mm. it would be more grounded kind of things and not Doctor Strange kind of things because when this gets weird, it is you would think, oh, it's cosmic stuff, it's gonna be weird, like, Doc Strange kind of thing. Nothing like that. It's just odd. Yeah. It's just off kilter where you're like, this is kind of uncomfortably odd, not like this is so wacky that it's it's its own thing, and you bet, do whatever you do, Stephen Strange, kind of a deal. This is just like what is happening. So yeah,
1: get a bigger picture here. First of all, we we are talking about Captain Universe, the power of Captain Universe. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with that at? Oh. I am familiar
0: with Peter Parker becoming well, Spider Man becoming Captain Universe with Web Face Captain Universe mask many a day ago, and I don't remember why he was. And then I think that Venom, I think Eddie Brock was Captain Universe once as well. I I am aware of Captain Universe and the Enigma Force, but predominantly tangentially.
1: Yeah. It's a weird, interesting concept that when in need, this cosmic force can come down and imbue a superhero with its power. It doesn't have to be a superhero. I think it's actually imbued itself onto other people. I think Aunt May had it at one time, for God's sake. (laughs) So this Captain Universe power, it's near cosmic level type power. You have it for a short period of time and then boom, it's off to somebody else where it's needed again. And this is a story about the pure essence of that and how it goes forth and and touches people and and imbues them with power and the eternal fight it's having with this whirly demon peoples. Just glancing through the story, she fights Val, who's controlled by the demon guy. She beats it. She takes the box. She goes back in the dimension. She faces the demon. She loses an arm. She gets the captain cosmic power and she saves the day. And there's a lot of talkie-talkie in there, too.
0: Yeah, and this, I'm going to guess she gets an arm back.
1: Yeah, all she her actually picks bits. it off the ground and just puts it back in it.
0: Oh, just pops it back on because she's a Mr. Potato Head?
1: Like, right here. I mean, you know, okay. mid, 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 yeah, midway through forearm the forearm, can. yeah. All right. I like the story that this writer is talking through. It's just that this one goes really deep in the cosmic and sometimes like, whoa, 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 can we get back to the fighting?
2: <laughs>
1: whoa, can we pull back from the fighting a little bit? <laughs> I I'm looking at this book here and Okay. Yeah. It does say parental advisory here. It does say parental advisory because that is some chunky, chunky meat flesh that we got going on here. And it is a little disturbing.
0: I know they needed to do the the cool Demon King reveal and its host body got a little slash on its face and punched in the throat, stabbed in the throat. So it's like time to just rip all the meat off me because you already know that it's not me. It's like, why you have a host body just keep using it thought the reveal was a little too sudden where it's like yeah they did it for gore's sake alone where i thought it would have been neat if if like the demon king kind of slowly got revealed as bits got hacked off Mm -hmm. i think that would have been more interesting just for a purveyor of that kind of thing where it's like oh yeah just do more damage until it just says like okay you have ruined this host body there's no point left shed
1: it is clive barker type of viscera Bone.
0: Oh yeah, Oof. Just rib cage and yeah. just yeah, melted, melted gore. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, Bravo comic. I was not expecting that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I stopped for saying like, what, 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 what's going on here? When, when did this comic get directed by Dario Argento? You know, I'm not <laughs> sure what's exactly happening here. Tom Savini showed up with his special effects kit. Yeah, it gets a little, little juicy. So, if you are sharing this with your kiddos, then I would say parental warning on those. On that page. It's it's that one page. And then earlier on in the book when... Everybody's pierced through. Uh, everybody's and there's actual <laughs> blood. There is actual there's blood. There's actual blood. It still is... There's a level of comic book-ness about it. So it's not, it's not too bad. It's more in the discussion of, hey, they're getting chopped up and eaten, And that's... Yeah. I don't know what's worse. I don't know. We got the page where we show all the gore. That's pretty horrible here. But we also have a, a perfect example here where... You know what? The the camera's going to pan away and you're yep. not going to see it. We're going to leave it up to your imagination.
2: Yes, I don't tell know don't which show. is worse. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, we've got both kinds here at the end of the day. This is a pretty good horror comic. Yeah, it kind of is, really. Yeah. Damn. Very high-minded, high-level one. It's not a slasher, but there are some good it's, horror yeah, elements it, in here. There are
0: good horror elements to it if you think about it and to just read it. But it's not one I would go to if you're trying to scratch that horror itch. It's just kind of a, oh, that was sudden. That escalated abruptly. Kind of a deal.
1: I don't know what's wrong with 616 and well, really most other universes. I don't know why demons are always coming in here trying to eat us. We aren't that tasty. We aren't that interesting. I think there are better planets out there that they probably should go after. That's just me.
0: Uh, they were like Disneyland. I
1: think we were the churros
0: that they have to eat and the mint jullos they wait, need to wait, drink to wait, get wait. sustenance to go do what they want to do. I'm
1: going to go back to something else you said there. Is the reason why demons invade our planet so that they can go to Disneyland?
0: Oh, probably. We've got awesome fast food places and just, I mean, sure, they're cosmic entities that ride the vortices of space and time, but that ain't no Magic Mountain. There's a new Tron ride that's apparently pretty great too. So Space is
1: limitless. It is full of nothing full of black voids but we got it's a small world over here (laughs) oh yeah
0: that's a great place to escape for 20 minutes if you just want to sit down for a while at Disneyland or world
1: yeah except the fact that you have to stand in line for some reason for half an hour to sit down for those 20 minutes yeah but
0: it's one of the quicker ones to get into though still
1: (laughs) man oh man oh man What else do you think about this book? Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into some of our final thoughts? I
0: don't know. I read it. I'm probably not going to follow the story up. I followed up the stories of some of the other things that we've done. But this was one where I'm like, eh, eh, I could leave it. Well,
1: before you leave it, let's go ahead and talk about some of the cool art and other things we want to remember in our memories. Let's talk about the Gallery of Greatness. What piece of artwork do we need pinned to our wall? Oh, wait, the wall's gone. Laura Kinney took out the wall. Okay, well, we'll just go ahead and print out the artwork and just throw it down on the street thousands of feet below us. What do you have for a joke
0: one... Jeff. My backup joke one is on Marvel Unlimited page 15, and I call it, let me help you with that frog in your throat. And this is where Laura Kinney has stabbed the demon king and its human guys right in the throat. And I just, I thought it was funny. To me. I was having a hard time finding uh, funny things in these. So so I went with that route. I went with violence. Violence. Uh, yeah. Throat, throw throw punches. Funny to me. Throat,
1: throat punches are <laughs> pretty violent. Are, are pretty funny. Yeah, thro- They're pretty funny. Throat stab yeah.
0: in this case. The twin blades of Laura Kinney.
1: I don't know how you couldn't find some good joke in here. I mean, just look at this one. Look at the evil girl. I'm oh, looking at the last panel. Yeah. The little evil girl. And it's Val with the little symbol on her forehead and her eyes glowing she's like yes master yeah Yes. yeah that made me laugh <laughs> <laughs> my thought was wait she's evil
0: yeah oh no
1: <laughs> oh what? what is she gonna be nicer now I- i'm confused is she gonna be better <laughs> is this a worse
0: evil or about the same evil yeah, have- is this a lateral shift? Yeah. <laughs> is this a, a a side promotion? Is this kind of a, is this sort of a, well, yeah, she's a demon king, but on the plus side. <laughs> All right, what do you have for your
1: top joke one?
0: My top joke one is on page six and I call it, don't you just hate splinters? And this is when Spidey, Sue, and Laura have all been pinned to the ground with spears thrown by these alien monster guys.
1: Shish kebab. There you go. They have been... Shish kebab. Shish kebab. Shish kebab. They have been
0: well kebabed and pinned.
1: Just a little... So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, got something behind. I your chose skin. violence again. I got something in my teeth. Oh no, that's a that that's a spear. That's a spear. Yeah, that's a spear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I might have gone for some violence too here. Hey, Joker, give me a smile. That's <laughs> where the demon is pulling apart this body. And it's before it gets really gross, but he's it's starting to. He's just pulling both cheeks on the face and pulling it back into this really grimace smile. And I was like, hey, hey that reminds me of the Joker. Wait. I shouldn't be laughing at this. <laughs> you know how I got these
0: scars? Well, I pulled my face off.
1: Face off. All right, <sighs> let, let's go ahead and get to some good art. Jeff, give me something good.
0: Nick Cage and Face Off. <laughs> My backup one is on page 19, and I call it, And I Am a King.
1: Nice one. Nice.
0: Because that is what the Demon King proclaims as he's headbutting Laura through the walls. And it looks really cool. As it is a meeting of the minds. It is the Demon King headbutting Laura while she's uh, riding his torso, stabbing him with her claws and he's just yelling about what he is. You're a child, and I am a king. It's a great piece of art. I also like things when the, in their shadows, they have that kind of like starscape kind of a feel, which is what the Demon King has. It's, it's uh, Shadows are shadowed with with infinite space.
1: No, that is good one. I, I do like how it kind of is breaking through the white space of the comic book page, too. It's a really nice... Technique set up and they're kind of breaking through the panels. She looks Mm -hmm. like she's been busted out of the panel. There's a lot to that. That one scene. I think that's really good. It's kind of funny too, because that is right above my backup good art. And it's where Mm -hmm. they've gone through the wall and they're falling. It's this beautiful, pristine, very architectural, skyline you've got like four or five buildings that are yeah about six buildings in there and you see the debris around the hole they just busted through and these two little shape are this one combined shape just falling it's great i'm impressed that's a very me pick that you chose there so i'm impressed because that was on my list it was on my list I I did like the simplicity of it.
0: I like that part. Mm -hmm. What else do you got? Well, I have my top one. Okay, yeah. Which is on page four, and I call it So We Shall Fight in the Shade. Little 300 reference there for you. And this is when the alien army people have thrown their cosmic primitive spears. The entire army's throwing their spears at, at our three space adventurers. And it is just this awesome second to the last panel where it shows a landscape and it's just all these cosmic. Spear's flying through the air towards camera, and it's like, yeah, that's cool. I dig on that. So it's a very battle of Thermopylae where they have all these archers fight in the shade because the arrows will block out the sun. So I loved it.
1: Good choice. That is a really cool picture. I looked at that one too, and it has something to do with my top choice, which is mm-hmm. the FF with Laura. Well, Laura's in the background, but the FF coming right at the camera. And this is midway through the book. It's right when they're starting to attack this demon guy. And they got all the members just coming straight at the camera. It's kind of a good 3D art. There's just something kind of really cool about how it's, it almost feels like it's coming right out of the page. I think they did a pretty good job of making it feel 3D and how it's jumping off the page right at you. I liked it. I really did like that.
0: It's a good one, it's a nice one. It is a a near splash page and it is uh, worthy of a choice.
1: Hey, you know, we've been talking about some rough things, Jeff. Mm -hmm. I just got one thing I gotta say to you, man. Come on, big guy need a hug <laughs> rubber and glue moment this is actually really hard really hard i didn't find too many opportunities yeah. for insults in here that yeah. was one of them i had where it was come on big guy need a hug and that is where ben i think
0: had, and all the the ff people are waking up after the demon king knocked him out and spidey's helping ben up and going hey you need a hug because ben's all like hey what happened
1: yeah this is the moment where alex is Peeking into the room like, what happened <laughs> in there? And you've got Spider-Man. He has webbed up the thing's arms. And he's using fulcrum leverage to pull up. And come on, big guy. Need a hug? It's a bit of a eh, little jab at Ben mm-hmm. that he's on the ground and he needs help up so yeah 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 a little bit of shade there a
0: little bit of shade what else you got on page 17 when the demon king appears out of its gory molten pizza mess threatening the group going you got to activate device and Laura's jumping at him with Wolverine style claws extended and she's all screaming you are nothing and the demon king's response to that is I am everything and I will rip you apart for your defiance I just like the Colin response of you are nothing I am everything it's like
1: you don't realize this, you are dumb. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the demon's got some good lines in there too. Pretty much. Peter's got one good little dig at the cosmic entity when they're talking with with it, and they're looking at the monsters, and he says the thing that really is on all of our minds at that time. You call them world demons? Seriously? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And I like Sue's always hushing him on that because yeah, Pete's fixated on world demons. That's a dumb, That's name.
1: A dumb name. Dumb <laughs> name. No, 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 don't. <laughs> Don't antagonize the Demon King. Let's not badmouth the cosmic entity just saying yeah
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> on the nosely named spider-man <laughs> do you have another insult there i do i've got my top one and it is on page 13 and this is when dumpy middle-aged man has appeared in the room dumpy man's all oh, odd humans and reed's all telling him you know we, we can't let him get to the device and ben's response is just try to get past us you dumb mook you dumb mook dumb yeah man yep. call him a dumb mook that's sweet <laughs>
1: Ben might be sweet, but there's someone that is either good or bad, and they are deserving of the Parent of the Year Award. Reed Richards Award for Good Parenting. I am actually going to go ahead and say it's Reed. Mm. Not much interactions with the children, but if we look at the time Sue was gone, and based on Val's actions, I really think that he should have sent her to a room. And then the Mm -hmm. monster attacked. Mm -hmm. So I think that my guess here, and just because Val is still around and she's still involved and she is in a place where she shouldn't be. I think that Reed failed and didn't do the right thing in sending his child to the room. If she had Mm -hmm. gone to the room, she wouldn't have been messed up with Getting infected with in, demon.
0: Yeah, gotten that whole possession thing going on. Yeah. So mm-hmm.
1: that wouldn't have happened if Reed had taken a hand with his child, which is over past due.
0: Mm-hmm. That's my way, opinion. Way, way past that's, due. That's my uh, opinion. Yeah, no, I, I think that is a great choice. There was hardness on a lot of these ones to try and figure out exactly who should but be But that's what why we get
1: the big bucks, man, is to make these decisions. Oh,
0: yeah. I get paid in a beer each episode. It's... Super and you will time. like it. I tend to, not always, but I tend to because it's beer. My choice for the kind of good and bad version of this parenting award is for Sue Richard. Mm-hmm. And it's because, hey, spears are flying through the air. She's very dismissive of a threat. Because I can totally handle that. And even Pete's like, uh, this is an issue. And so, oh no, it's not. And then it's not, you know, she's not throwing up a shield. It's not working. It took a long time for her to go like, it's not working. And that's why they all got speared. Because Mr. Agile Spider-Man, who should be getting out of the way of all this stuff, shouldn't have a problem. Instead, he's dead on the ground. So, Sue was dismissive of issues, thought she could kind of, like, deal with them. Didn't really work out. She was kind of encouraging towards uh, Laura for trying to save her, and Laura's dismissive of it, going, I didn't save your life. And it's like, yeah, but you tried, and that's important. So she went kind of back and forth on the good parenting, bad parenting. She did the parenting thing of shushing the kid, which is Peter Parker, when he's all like, world demons, what a silly... Shh, shh, shh honey. We don't. we don't insult the Demon King's minions, it's just...
1: Maybe she should stop trying to be a mother figure to these superheroes and. Yes. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's not really her job. It is a a trope that happens in a lot of media where the female characters will become like the mother figures of a group or individuals because oh, that silly boy who's being a boy. We need to we need to parent him, and it's like yeah, let them let them run their own race, man. Let them ride their own rail, and you ride yours, and let them make the mistakes they're gonna make because it's not really your job to to kind of correct. They're who they are. So
1: yeah. Okay. You mentioned Sue, and I'm going to like to expand on that just a tiny bit more and say with the most popular and shunned, she definitely was my worst because she just Mm -hmm. got a little too cocky and she died Mm. because of it. So what you said wrapped up with all that. That was what made her my worst. Who do you have as a worst in this issue? Worse than
0: Sue, I'm going to say, is Val. And Val is a five-year-old who got her hands on a gun and shots a home invader with the gun and then couldn't keep the gun loaded to shoot the invader <laughs> anymore. And then she got possessed. She got into that bad voodoo, voodoo. So, naughty Val. I mean,
1: kids these days. What with, their, what with their kids these days with their tick TikToks, their TikToks yeah, and yeah. their possessions and their laser guns. Ugh. They should be much more like kids of the generation before. Like Laura. Laura. She might not know what's going on, but you know what? She's a calm, cool, and collected kid, that one. <laughs> and that's why she is she my is. best.
0: Same Also because she's the title character and she's the only one standing.
1: Title character does not always mean it. But in this case... I know.
0: But what, what I'm saying is that a lot of the benefit went her way in the story because she's the title character and it would be kind of shameful if it was just like oh man i really sucked it in this one but thank goodness spider-man was here to cover for me i don't you know, know fantastic kind of four thing, so. have
1: used that for a few times
0: now <laughs> oh gosh yeah uh, spidey pulls a lot i've said he's pulled the heavy light and medium weights for for the fantastic four or future foundation or whatever they want to call themselves right now he is he's just like really you guys are gonna just slack more okay i guess i'll be yet more
1: responsible well let's see how responsible we will be in our ranking of this with our top grades. Of course, we have the month of morning, Fantastic Four 588, still at the top of the list. Spot number 14, Runaways number six, True Believers, it's the ending of the Runaways run. Down on spot number 27, we got Wolverine number 37, Fall Back and Spring Forward, which happens to be right above spot 28, which is the issue before this. And at the bottom, we've got loners. Number three, what lies beneath? Jeff, from our earlier conversation, we already know that it's going to be below 28. How Mm -hmm. much farther below do we want to go? Well, I mean, right under 28 is... Darkhawk. so... Uh, that was the first Dark Hawk, which we actually kind of liked that one. The second yeah. Dark Hawk we had a little bit more problems with. That's where... Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, you know what? I think it's probably going to be the new 30. Underneath the uh, Hawks crystal acting up and ruins Chris's life, we have Loner's number six, where Phil leaves and everybody gets mad at everybody. Double identities. Mm-hmm. Thinking this might be a new 30. I think it might be between those, because... Uh, that resolution of the loners was kind of, eh, I don't know. It kind of fell flat for me. Mm, but you know, what's this fight Pirates and Sinister, Sinister 6, Ocean 11 and going, Ah, eh, yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking thir- the new 30. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that'd down. be fine. Talk I think, me down. No, you can talk I, I, me I down. I think that'll be fine. I think that'll be fine. I think that's a good spot for it. The way the o- loners left off that there's a lot more questions here. I still think this is pretty good. I just think that some of the goodwill we had for the issue before this doesn't really hold on going forward yeah. So yeah i think that's yeah. a good spot for it i think that will work so now let's talk about some beer level beer skyward strike hazy pale ale what are you thinking i have had
0: hazy ipas that i've actually really liked this is a hazy ipa but is definitely on the downside of it it's the down level i'm not super enjoying it i'm drinking it but I, every time i take a sip i kind of look at it and i'm like yeah really so it's a three for me it kind of has a little aftertaste on it. I wanted it to be better. I wanted it to be some of the IPAs that we've had in the past that have that I've enjoyed.
1: I actually think I'm, I'm liking this a bit more than you. It doesn't have too bad of an aftertaste. Doesn't have, really hit me with those hop levels. It tastes good. It still is pleasant. It's lasted through our recording session here. I'm going to be a little bit more charitable and give it a 3.5. And I think it's a higher 3.5 than yours. This is not bad. This is not
0: bad. Yeah. And what I'm talking about, it's leaving a bad, like an aftertaste. That flavor is literally just on my tongue (laughs) where it's, it's almost like a texture that's texture flavor, just kind of clinging to my tongue going, hi, I'm here. I'm this little sleeve of kind of meh. which I'm not liking but yeah like I said you're a 3-5 I'm a 3 that's fantastic and you know what else is fantastic the kids perspective and that is where Rick talks to his 12 year old daughter about the issue that we just covered which may or may not happen so if you
1: do it take it away! Hello, Carrie.
2: Hello, Daddy.
1: How are you doing today? Good, and you? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. We are here to talk about another X-23 book. Are you excited?
2: Uh, sure.
1: (laughs) Well, I know that I had to do some, a little bit of editing on the book, because I thought there was a couple of scenes that you might find a little too much. Did you look underneath those post-it notes?
2: I looked underneath one for like one second, maybe even a millisecond, and I didn't like it, so I kept the rest on.
1: <laughs> it was just one page, though, right? Yeah. How did you like the rest of the book?
2: It was still pretty violent.
1: <laughs> yes, it was. It was a pretty violent book. What did you think about what you read about this storyline? Would you be interested in continuing it at all?
2: Sure. I mean, it's kind of interesting because, like, Laura is kind of an interesting character. Like, I want to know more about it, about her so, that'd be kind of cool. That's
1: good. That's good. I'm glad that you like it as a good introduction for Laura, even if it is a bit violent. But yeah. she's kind of a violent character.
2: At least she's trying to protect people. That's good. Not kill anybody. <laughs> well, she used to that, did that, right?
1: She only kills the bad guys, yeah, right? Yeah, she only
2: kills the bad guys. Just bad guys.
1: Just the bad guys. Did you understand most of the story?
2: Hmm. Well, let's see. They got transported to some sort of, like, devil world. And then, like, they killed them. And then... Oh, well, like the devil's killed Laura. The, the demon's killed. Yeah, the, the demons, demon's killed. The demon's killed.
1: Spider-Man, Laura, Laura and Sue.
2: Yeah. And then they're in this like void area with like lights. And they're talking about how Laura is different. Mhm. And she has a star in her hand. And then like <laughs> they have a meetup with the demon king or whatever. Yeah. And he possesses Valeria.
1: Yeah. You pretty much got the storyline right there. <laughs> oh, and, and Laura and the demon go out of the building, the skyscraper, and, and start falling down the side of the skyscraper, right?
2: Yeah, but that's not that important, you know? Okay,
1: it's not that important. Okay. Fine, <laughs> fine.
2: But yeah, uh, Spider-Man catches her, though, so it's not like she dies or anything.
1: No, she did that earlier in the book.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that you
1: like this as an introduction. You'd be interested enough to continue reading. I'll tell you what, Jeff and I were kind of—Jeff could was ready to just leave the story— I was on the fence a bit, but yeah, it didn't really grab me as much as I'd like it to. But I like the fact that you found it interesting. That's good.
2: Like I found her the character interesting. Okay,
1: that's all right. That's all I right. Cuz I don't know
2: much about her, so I want to know more about her.
1: Well, luckily, you've got access to my Marvel online account, so you know, you could read more X23 stories if you wanted to.
2: Yeah, but then they wouldn't be PG'd. Most of them
1: are all ages. I don't think you'd have to worry too much about it. I'll find some for you, okay? Okay. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about about this issue?
2: Where's Alex? He's on the He is on the, cover? the last page. The last page.
1: Yeah, we actually think that might be him on the cover, but also on the last page.
2: Oh, okay. I see him. So tiny. <laughs>
1: but Alex is in this book, so we have to cover him, right?
2: Yeah. How many more Alex ones do we have to go?
1: Before we get to Julie? Yeah. I think you'll see Julie in about mm, four or five, maybe six episodes, I think. Okay. Hang in there. Hang in there.
2: Isn't there also <laughs> the Future Foundation? There's like special comics for those too.
1: Oh, we got ways to go before we get to those. We got a long way to go. To I that. remember
2: reading those and then you yeah. saying that it's going to be a while till we got to those.
1: Oh, yeah. It's going to be a while.
2: That was also like a few years ago, so.
1: We have an, another entire Future Foundation comic series to go through before that one. I promise you that we will try to get these done before you graduate high school. How's that sound?
2: Okay. Um. Well, sounds kind of hard. <laughs>
1: All right. Thank you very much for your time, Carrie.
2: Uh, you're welcome. I love you. Love you too.
0: Hey, I really don't know at this point if you guys talked or not.
1: If you did, good points, Carrie. And if not, we missed you. Thank you for that, Jeff. I'd like to take a moment to shout out and recognize some of those listeners who take some time to write in or leave us a review. And this is for episode 133, FF, number five, The Sounds of War. Charles Gears. Chris Lydon. Hoover, Jeremiah
0: and his podcast 4 million years later. Jeremy Dog. Pablo from Spain. And he says, Greetings from Spain. Great podcast. Are you going to make another cameos issue? You could talk about Secret Warriors number 8 from 2017 and the unbelievable Gwenpool number 16 from 2016. They both have cool power pack cameos.
1: Here's my answer. The Secret Warriors... I don't really know too much about. I need to look into that a bit and see what kind of a guest star they are. It looks like this might not be set on 616. We'll probably cover it over in our Patreon episode. And the Unbelievable Gwenpool. Most of those Power Pack references in the Unbelievable Gwenpool series take place outside of 616. Some of the newer stuff where Gwenpool is interacting with Julie Power in the Infinity Comics... Those ones we will cover on this way in the future on around 2027. So stay tuned.
0: And finally, Tim Price, the podcrasher, in his podcast, The
1: Outcasters. We also like to thank those people that give us some money to keep doing this show. These are the people that donate to us through our Patreon. And that includes adorably astonishing and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Char Logan. Challenging cheesy and chuckling
0: Charles Gears. Destructive and devastatingly delightful Damian Witter. Dynamically dangerous
1: and devious Doug Jones. Intelligent, interesting and innovative Isaac Perry. Jesting, joking and jovial Jeff Poyer. Just jealous and jeweled Jerry Daw, Muscly, mighty
0: and meticulous Matthew Birdsey, mythical and magnificent monologuing Matthew Laserwitz, steely,
1: salty and steamy Sailor Bear Zorar. sad and sickeningly silly Shag Matthews, tyrannically terrifying and tame Tim Price, way, way wordy and wobbly waffles, weird and wonderfully wacky Win. Next issue, we're going to
0: cover FF Volume 1, Number 11, Intelligence.
1: Be sure to check out the other show that I'm on hiatus for, but there are still some old episodes of, Monthly Monday Movie Muck About on the Longbox Crusade Podcast Network.
0: And we have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to
1: redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff and Presents is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience in Portland, Oregon, with a lovely little laser pointer cat toy that I've got. <laughs> if you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Merck present our Facebook page, Jeff and Merck present our email address, Jeff and Merck present all one word at gmail.com or at our website, jeffenburgpresent.wordpress.com Also, we got a YouTube channel at Jeff and Merck present.
0: And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at Patreon.com, Jeff and Rick present, all one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we'll be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the
1: creators who provide us with such great content. Go to HeroInitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can, tell your friends about us, or share your love for us on social media. And as always, we We want to thank the powerful people in our packs my wife cindy and our daughter carrie
0: my fiance hillary and our daughter aurora we We love love you you. until next time
1: costumes Costumes off our theme music is 80s action by kevin mcleod also featured in this episode is spider jam by keith wolk all music is founded in competic.com and is licensed under creative Commons by attribution 4.0 license
0: Right now, my phone says 89. When we were in the car coming back from Costco, it said 100 and kind of settled in around 96. So, I don't know. But it was warm. Science. Swip, swip. I did not think this word is what you think it means. <laughs> Plethora. It means many. Yeah, I know what it means.
1: <laughs> swip, swip. Well, ain't that... Sp- will isn't that special?
0: Will isn't that special?